We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's October 28th. It's 2020, and we're here to talk Week Eight of the NFL season. And I'm always, you know, so grateful and so happy to work with my bearded brother, Genifro Seven Grant. How are you doing, my friend? Absolutely wonderful. Had a real good Week Seven. Uh, I. I I don't know how some people miss certain spots, but even though going a little bit underweight on some of the really chalky guys, I was real overweight on McLaurin, although he was chalky. Keenan Allen, Adams, and Gibson. So I had a good, good weekend. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to keep things rolling. Well, let's do that. Let's keep things rolling here. Um, we're going to do what we always do, go game by game, break down situations and spots that we may like and want to talk about um obviously it is early it's wednesday you know we're, we're doing this as like a first look podcast you know hey that is what the morning grind is it is a first look podcast um almost all the time so uh let's get started here tennessee titans cincinnati Bengals, 53 and a half total um tennessee favored by five and a half uh what do you like here for the titans for the titans i mean i'm, I'm fine with uh A.J. Brown, as always, like he always has huge amounts of upside. Tannehill's always fine. Derrick Henry is what he is. Like the matchup is not horrible for him. Cincinnati, 21st in rush DVOA, 28th in pass DVOA. There's only two guys to pay up for, for running back really, um, or two main guys to pay up for all the way to the top. So it's an interesting slate for running back. And I I don't think I'm going to be on Henry too much. Like, yes, they're a six-point favorite, but it's on the road. I think this game will be closer than people realize. 
So if I'm going to target anyone, I think that I'd be more likely to target Jonu Smith, A.J. Brown, and Tannehill here because more people are going to be on Henry, I think, because they have to pay up somewhere for running back if they want to keep paying up for running backs. And that's, I think this is one of the spots where he's going to be pretty heavily owned. And, yeah, it's a fine matchup, but still Derrick Henry. Any week can go incredible. Any week can go not incredible based on if he gets over 100 rushing yards or if he gets touchdowns. And those are real volatile. Occasionally it'll kill me, but uh, Derrick Henry is not a guy that I'm going to play a ton this weekend. I'm more going to focus on the passing game here. Yeah, so I like this game a lot. I think there's a lot of different ways to approach this game. I think it's going to be one of the higher scoring games on the weekend. So I like Corey Davis. Um, stepped he, Like he stepped right back into what we've kind of seen from him this season. The target share was high. It, you know, him and A.J. Brown's target share really close. Um, They both played 90% of the snaps. Davis ran a couple extra routes. But overall, like if you're looking at this game, I think that you're looking at A.J. Brown. But like I think you have to look at Corey Davis too. 5,100. You mentioned Smith. He's pretty cheap for a tight end as well. Don't mind that. Don't mind Derrick Henry. I kind of like him a little bit more on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings with the touchdown equity and the half-point PPR. So um, I love Cincinnati. I love the Bengals in this spot. I like Burrow. I, I like Green. I like Higgins. I like Boyd. I love the Bengals in this spot. I'm right there with you. We just got news slightly before we got on here that uh, Clowney missed practice, which I think will help a little bit with Burrows if he doesn't end up playing or if he's struggling a bit with a knee injury. But Tennessee, yeah, already under a league average uh, defense, currently ranked 17 in the DVOA, bad, not great against the pass or the run, but worse against the pass. Mixon will be interesting if he ends up missing here. Then I think we're going to have another Geo uh, chalky week. Like he should be heavily involved in everything. He can be involved in the passing game, but like I'm, I'm, I'm going to play all the pieces here. I mean, Burrow, he's going to probably throw the ball a whole lot here. Home dog. We should expect to see over 40, 40 passing attempts like we have for most of the season. I think if Mixon ends up playing, it hurts Burrow a little bit because they're probably going to run the ball with him more as they have been in recent weeks. But if Geo's in there, then yeah, I, I I love the Cincinnati game. Like I don't have a huge preference on which target of his to go with. Like Higgins, Boyd, and even AJ Green has seen over ten targets in the last few weeks. Any one of them are fine. I think my favorite is probably Higgins, just because of the price tag here at five point six. But Burrow's going to be slinging the ball here, and I think there's a spot where they have a twenty-four point total, and Geo's not going to be rushing the ball a ton. It's going to be a lot of pass game stuff. So I, I really like everyone over here on the Cincy side. It's hard not to like AJ Green at forty-five hundred with twenty-four targets in the last two games. Um, if we're expecting him to throw the ball here a lot, but I think Tyler Boyd's the best play. Like you know, if we're just putting price aside, I think Boyd's the best play. Um, but like you, you got to like the discount on Green and Higgins here. Um, I really don't like the running game. Like if Geo, if if Mixon misses and Geo is chalk, I'll probably be underweight in tournaments. Um, you know, I, I think the price increase at almost six k, he's gonna have to score a touchdown and get some catches there, which he he probably will get catches and stuff. But like he's gonna be a little bit more touchdown dependent than what was he four k last week or something like that forty two hundred. Uh, I know he was. He was cheap, right? He wasn't like he was, he's he was 40, far too cheap. <laughs> yeah, forty five hundred. Like I think thirteen hundred dollars on this slate makes a huge difference, but it's still really early in the week too. So uh, let's move on. We got the Jets and the Chiefs. Forty nine total here. Kansas City is favored by nineteen and a half points in this game. Um, is there anything on the Jets that you will take a shot on here? 
if Crowder plays, then just based strictly on volume, he's in play. Because, I mean, every game he's played this season, he's had at least 10 targets. Like against Miami, yes, he only had 48 yards, but still 11 points. Yeah, I get he's 5.8K, but he has a touchdown. He has touchdown upside. He has 10 catch upside and he has 100 yard upside. So if he ends up playing, even though Kansas City, fantastic pass defense so far this season, I don't care. Crowder is going to get the volume. He's the one guy that we want to go with. Denzel Mims is the other guy that I think you can take a tournament flyer on here. He's 3,200, um, almost almost 100% of the snaps, 98% of the snaps in his first NFL football game, um, seven targets. Seven targets at 3,200 seems crazy. Um, I think uh, like if I think he's more in play if Crowder's, Crowder ends up missing. Like this is a guy they drafted it really high. Like I, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna like I, I feel like Perryman might lose snaps to Mims more than Crowder. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Mims is the most likely guy um, to do anything if Crowder plays or if Crowder misses. Um, but yeah, like this is just an interesting spot. They're gonna have to be slinging the ball, but they are the Jets, so they might be passing the ball late in the game. Yeah, we're done is, with Chris Herndon, right? Like we're that. Yeah, we're done. no, he he is officially like I don't cross guys off saying I'll never play him again, but I'm fairly certain he's one of like three people that'll never play again. Like Perrine, he played seventy three percent of the snaps, but like I I just I can't do that. I, I yeah. get it. Like this defense has been a little bit worse against the run this season than they have against the pass, but he's forty three hundred and. If he gets what four or five catches, maybe he gets there at forty three hundred. But he's still likely going to probably need a touchdown. It's running back. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Jets are gross. The Jets are just absolutely disgusting. So the Chiefs picked up this guy called Le'Veon Bell um, from the Jets, and Bell was not happy about it. And um, they play each other this week. We saw um, Ceh get a fifty one percent snap share last week. Bell first week thirty four percent. Uh, man, it's going to be really tough to kind of predict like what's going to happen here. Um, like Darrell Williams might get more snaps in this game if they get up by a lot. So is there anything here on the Chiefs outside of like this defense that you like? Uh, I'm fine with Hill. I'm fine with Kelsey. I mean, they have a 34 implied team total here. Jets defense is really not very good. Um, they're terrible against the pass. So Hill, Kelsey, like, they can get there in one half. Like, they can easily both get there in one half. They're the only two I would take a shot on. Not trusting this rushing game. Mahomes, I really want four quarters out of because you have some rushing upside, but not a ton. So it, it, it's just a spot where, like, take a flyer on Hill, take a flyer on Kelsey. Don't use both of them. Don't stack up this game. Probably don't use Mahomes. If you do, you pretty much have to bring it back with Crowder because that means he probably had a massive game. But, like, I'll probably be 5% Kelsey, 5% Hill, and that, that's really – and then Crowder if he plays, and that's my entire exposure to this game. The only other guy that I, I think I want to mention here is um, Demarcus Robinson. He is 3,100 on DraftKings. Like, I don't know how much we're going to need, like a punt wide receiver. You know, but I, I highly, highly doubt Sammy Watkins with a hamstring injury that is not practicing on Wednesday gets like comes back for a game against the Jets, right? So, like, 
Pringle, Hill, all these guys played around 60% of the snaps last week. Um, I would kind of expect it to be the same. And at 3,100, if we need it, like it's still so early in the week to know if we're going to need it or not. Um, I, I think you could take a shot on him, but like it, it really is just going to come down to like, if I don't need to go down here at a wide receiver position, I probably won't grant like, you know, there's much better plays on this slate. I just wanted to point it out that I highly doubt Sammy Watkins plays in this game. Yeah. 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 No, I, I don't mind that call. Plus like who's going to end up, if they get out too far ahead, what, what wide receiver is going to be out there? It's probably Pringle, Hardman, Robinson, or the guys that will probably stay on the field. So there's always a chance Robinson gets some work later on in the game. Uh, but yeah, it's a, yeah, I like that call. Rams and Dolphins, 46 total. Rams favored by three and a half in this one. Um, we'll get to the Dolphins in a second, but Rams on a short week traveling across country to face the Dolphins um, on a one o'clock spot. I'm a little concerned. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Dolphins a little concerned. Um, let's talk Rams. Like the, the, the Miami defense is terrible against the run, but like who, which one, like Henderson or Brown or acres. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like I think in tournaments you can take shots on Henderson or Brown, but I don't love it. I, I like Cooper cup here. I think he's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know what to do here with the, uh, like, <laughs> you're right. They are possibly the worst rush defense in the league, but I could see Sean McBay just giving us a giant middle finger and throwing cam acres in there. Even, uh, wouldn't shock me. Yeah. It, it's McVay. He, he's just going to do this to us. Uh, but Henderson or Brown are fine. Like they're tournament options. I want to see where their ownership is at, but either one of them can go for a decent game. The receiving game, like, I honestly think that the Rams end up losing this game. It's in Miami. You mentioned a short week, changing times on everything. I, I really like Miami if you're betting this week. Uh, they're probably my favorite money line bet on the week. But I don't, I don't really know if I want anything in this game at all. Like Tua's, it's his first start. I guess we'll get to Miami in a second. But, yeah, the receiving game, Woods, Cup, fine. Use either of them, but I'm, I'm probably not going to. And like Henderson's sixty-one on Fanduel, and Brown is fifty-two. Like, that's where you—that's where you take shots. Because like, who—who's gonna get in the—who's gonna get in the end zone? Like, that's these guys. This isn't like Todd Gurley's backfield anymore. Like, they're not throwing to the running back at a high clip anymore. Um, they're using Josh Reynolds now. Like, Josh Reynolds has come out of nowhere, and he's like a—he's like a, a real option um, in DFS right now uh, because of like his target share continues to climb um so i like cooper cup i think this is a good spot for him i don't mind robert woods um i'm a dolphins fan i watch the dolphins they struggle with guys like cooper cup so i could see him having a good game obviously we'll have to wait on the news on higby and the tight end situation um ever would be okay um if higby doesn't play uh let's go to the miami side they've benched fitzpatrick in the bye week two is going to be the starter um what are your thoughts on the dolphins here First of all, I'm sad. Me too, buddy. Me too. What? Uh, no, go ahead. I, I, I <laughs> like it makes me so mad. Like Dallas should be on the phone right now with Miami and like, what can we give you for Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, Fitzpatrick was on Dallas like 
Oh gosh! Could you imagine using him with like CD Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup? I would. Like, li- it would literally be Fitz Magic on the Bucks all over again, but with a better offense and higher pace. Oh man, it would be it would be fantastic. Yeah, but uh, Tua, like he's five six. I don't hate using him. Like it's honestly not a bad play. Parker was limited in practice, I believe, today, or he missed. I can't remember which one that yeah, limited. Um, yeah, they've been doing this all year with him, though. Like, he hasn't had a full practice week all year. They're being careful with his groin. I kind of hope he does play. I think this is a Preston William week. I think that Gasecki and Preston William are fantastic plays. I don't think many people are going to go here. We don't know who Tua is really going to focus in on. Like, it could be Parker. It could be Williams. It could be Gasecki. I think that they win this game. I think that their offense actually runs fairly smoothly. Tua is a gifted quarterback and he's been entrenched in this offense a decent amount just because he's been at practice he knows what's going on most likely so Gasecki and Williams are my two top guys like Williams is 4300 we saw what this guy could do last year before he got injured like and it was we, we saw that Fitzpatrick loved throwing to Parker that's why Williams really hasn't had that great of the year most of the time but prior to Fitzmagic coming in prior to Williams getting injured he had multiple big games He's too cheap here. I do not understand. Well, I understand why, but he's too cheap here. We know that he has massive upside. We know that he has big play upside. And if he gets an increase in targets, which is more than likely going to happen because they're probably going to have to throw the ball a bit in this game, I really like Williams. I think Gasecki, tight end, who can go out to the slot, who's a great catching tight end. I think that he's a good play on this slate. And then Gaskin, I don't know what to do here. Like, I, you're a Miami guy. I'm not sure how he's got, much he's going to be doing. He could get an increase because of Tua. Like, it could change things up a little bit. Maybe run a little bit of play action. I don't know. I, I don't have a good grasp on Gaskin, but I think Williams is a fantastic play on the slate. Well, Gaskins wasn't meant to be the guy at the beginning of the year. Like, it was supposed to be Howard and Brita. So, like, they could have worked together a little bit more in camp like as like second team so we don't we don't know like we have no idea um here's the thing here's my thoughts on Tua right so like I like Miami in this spot I do think that this is going to be a rough spot for the Rams traveling cross country on a short week on a 1 p.m game I've already said that I like the Gusecki call I like the Williams call I like Parker like I'm not going to run like a three-man here. Like, I'm not going to go Tua, Parker, Gusecki. I think Tua locks into one guy, and I think it's way too hard to predict who that's going to be. But the fact that, like, Parker is limited in practice over the last two weeks. It wasn't just this week. He was limited last week, too. They, they've been very careful with him. So in the bye, like, maybe the most time that Tua's had is with Williams or Gusecki. So... I think this is an interesting spot. I, I I think like if you're looking for a cheaper end stack, you can look at this Miami Dolphins offense and just kind of hope that the Rams are flat. And like the Rams play down to opponents all the time anyway. So like this game has very sneaky over potential. Like and it's one of the lower totals on the slate, so it's not going to be a popular game by any means. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not going to – and people aren't going to want to stack, stack up Miami because they're going to want to bring it back with someone. Who are they going to bring it back with besides Cups or, Cup or Woods? They don't trust Henderson. So I'm I'm right there with you. And, like, honestly, the stack of Tua, Williams, and Gasecki, if you don't end up going with Parker, is still pretty cheap. Uh, moving on, we got the Colts and the Lions. 50 total. Colts favored by three in this one. Uh, what do you like here for the Colts? 
don't know if I really want to do much of anything here with the Colts. I mean, River. It, so first of all, uh, was it Pittman might be back this week? Is it, well, I can't yeah, remember. Michael Pittman. All right, oh, Pascal and Pittman. I always got confused. Pascal's on uh, IR. No, who's on IR? Campbell. Campbell. Paris. All right, all those P's. That's why I'm confused. Uh, but yeah, like over on the indie side, I don't really have a ton of interest in Rivers. I don't really have a ton of interest in any of the pass catchers. I mean, we can keep waiting for Hilton to finally have a big week and we can just keep waiting probably the rest of the year if we really have to. Uh, but like with Pittman coming back, Pascal, like if anyone, I mean, Burton is probably my favorite guy. I, we can use Taylor. I mean, Detroit's not very good against the run. I'm just not a big Taylor guy, but Burton price at 3.5 K is a guy that's probably going to see a decent amount of targets. And this one, he's been good recently. He's too underpriced. It's going to be that him and then spread all over the place with the rivers and then probably Taylor getting a decent workload. But at 6.6 K, I think there's other guys in that price range or cheaper that I'd rather end up going with. So even though the Colts have a 26 implied team total, this is not going to be the fastest paced game in the world, I don't think. And there's going to be a decent amount of rushing. And I don't know if anyone really gets here over on the Colts side outside of probably Burton. See, I love Taylor. I think Taylor's a cash game play this week. Like Mac, Mac was the guy. Like they started the season with Mac as the guy. This is coming off of a bye week with a rookie. I think Taylor is going to be more infused in the offense. Um, He was already trending in the right directions as far as like snaps and touches. This is an amazing matchup. The Detroit line is terrible, even though the Indy line is terrible too. But this is a spot where a week to get healthier, a week to get a rookie running back more in, like infused with the offense. Um, as far as like the pass catchers go, good luck. Like I, I like Trey Burton. Uh, I think he's fine. But like nobody on this team has an over 20% target share. And we've seen this with Phillip Rivers throughout his career. Like he had Keenan Allen and like he had Gates and like he locked in the guys, but like he spreads the ball around. He's Tom Brady 2.0. They spread the ball around so much better than Brady (laughs) that I'm not even going to get into that conversation. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just, I I can't play the, I can't play the pass catchers. I don't think in this spot, but I do. I like Taylor a lot. Like he is, he's one of my favorite running backs on the slate. So, um, and my favorite thing about Taylor is I can run it back with either Galladay or Jones or Hawkinson um, because I, I do think the Lions score some points here. I do too. And like, it's an interesting spot. The Colts force a lot of targets away from wide receivers, but Stafford's going to be locked into probably Joe or probably Galladay and maybe Marvin Jones. I think the better play over on uh, Detroit is going to be Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson has a decent day here. He's had over nine points in every single spot so far this season and it's it's just the defense that Indy plays that Hawkinson could be in for a slightly higher than average workload while well, a lot of people are going to be on Jones or Galladay I think I'd rather go with Hawkinson but I really don't mind Galladay or Jones as for the backfield like Swift is going to fully take over at some point but it's kind of happening right like he, it's, it's, it's on its way, like nine yeah. touches last or nine rushes last week, 14 the week before. But Peterson, for some reason, they're still rushing him. This could be the spot where they just full on take over. It's not the easiest spot in the world. So I think I'm going to wait one more week for Swift. I'm not going to argue with playing him at 5.3K, but probably not a guy that I really want to go with. I think over on the Detroit side for me, it's Hawkinson, my guy. 
Yeah, like it was it was the changing of the guard this past weekend, right? Like um carry on Johnson didn't see a snap. Um Swift out snapped Peterson by about sixteen percent, fifteen percent. So it, it's happening. Um like it, it really just like if you think Swift is in play, then you're probably more on like T.Y. Hilton and guys like that. Um, you know, you're expecting Indy to get up in this game and or the other way around. You're expecting Detroit to get up in this game and Indy to play from behind. So I like Galladay. I always like Galladay, but um, I, I think Marvin Jones is super interesting too. Um, kind of what you were talking about. Like this team does like the force targets away from top guys. So uh patriots and bills 42 and a half total here buffalo favored by three and a half uh anything on the patriots that you like here no i mean you can use cam naked it's the same thing literally every single week there's rushing upside there's rushing touchdown upside that's the reason you use cam i mean looking at his passing attempts outside of that seattle game the most he's passed in game is 28 i i don't see huge amounts of upside he's throwing a ton of picks like it's not an easy matchup. It's not a high total. It's just not a good offense right now. And like, if you're playing cam, you're hoping he busts off a 30 yard run for a touchdown or they use him twice in the red zone. But yeah, Patriots are not a team that you really want to target too much. And especially over in Buffalo, it could be bad weather. Um, so I, I, I really don't want to play any Patriot at all. Yeah, it's like who do you play? Like, like realistically, like who do you play outside of maybe Cam by himself? But he's been so terrible. Like Harris, White, Burkhead all played over thirty percent of the snaps last, um, not last week, like on the season. White really kind of went by the wayside. Harris is like trending in the right direction, but you can't trust the Patriots running back. Like the the targets, like Jacoby Myers had the most targets last week. You know, obviously it was because they were getting crushed, but like. I just, when you're looking at this overall, I think realistically, if you're playing like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, you're probably running it back with like an Edelman, a bird or a Harry, and just kind of hoping that one of them finds the, a touchdown. But um, this is a, this is one of my least favorite games. I think this is going to be a lot of people's least favorite games. Um, what are your thoughts here on the bills? I don't want anything. Um, I've talked about this. Since the beginning of last year, uh, Josh Allen doesn't play nearly as good in bad weather. Um, it's supposed to be 50. It's supposed to be raining. There's supposed to be 15 to 25 miles per an hour wind. I, I just don't see like Diggs is fine. I'm fine with using Diggs any given week, but going up against the Patriots, they'll probably try and shut him down. Josh Allen always has a chance for big upside. He can throw for 250 and he can rush for 70, which is what he'll occasionally do when he's in bad weather. It can hit, but if there's no ownership on Josh Allen, you always get, take a shot. But nothing about this says that he should be in for a big game. He's been a little bit off the last few weeks. Terrible weather going up against Patriots, who Belichick will probably figure out a way to sh- stop him somehow. So, yeah, I... I'll have one share of him on some random site for some small amount of money just because I have to legally have him in my lineup every single week. <laughs> but, yeah, this it's really in no way sets up as a decent spot. But if he's going to come in at 1% ownership, there's always huge rushing upside with him. So if you're going to take him, just pair him with Diggs. Hope Diggs has a 10-target game with a few underneath passes because he's such a good 
such a good route runner, and you're just hoping for large amount of targets. This game stinks, um, but it's probably going to be one of the lowest owned games on the slate. So, like, if you're playing like a one dollar tournament or something, take a shot. Why not? Are there any are there any sites anymore that allow two quarterbacks? I don't think so. I, I real realistically, I like right now. I only play on DraftKings and FanDuel. I play like one team on Yahoo every week, but like I've kind of narrowed it down. Like I was, I was like overextending myself way too much during football season last year. Yeah, um, you know me, I play every site. I know you do, buddy. And um, I, I might when NASCAR ends, but like I just don't have time right now. So. Uh, Raiders and Browns, 52 and a half total Cleveland favored by two and a half grant. This is my favorite game on the slate. And I'm interested to see like what ownership's going to look like on this game, because I love this game. I think this game has so many options and it, and it could be so potentially high scoring. Um, what are your thoughts on Las Vegas here? I'm trying to figure out who to use on Las Vegas. Like rugs, I think is a guy that has some decent amount of upside. They have a 25 implied team total here. Obviously I love Jacobs. Like, first of all, I love Jacobs here. He's one of the top running back plays on the entire slate. Going up against Cleveland, they've been low average in terms of rush defense. I, I love the running backs on both sides. Like, they're fantastic plays. Play them. I get that Jacobs had a rough week last week, only going for 17 yards. That was against the Bucks. I'm entirely ignoring that. He's going to get a ton of volume. He's a fantastic play. But from the receiving game, I think it's obviously Waller, but I think Ruggs is the guy I want to go with. Um, always has big play upside. I think he's going to be a little bit more heavily involved. He's gone up against two very tough week defenses in a row, but this guy is talented. He's the guy that I want to go with. See, I want to see if Edwards plays. If Edwards doesn't play, like Nelson Aguilar is like snap share is super interesting. Like he's been getting a lot more outside. Like Hunter Renfro is going to be the slot guy. He's going to play no matter what. Um, but like if Edwards doesn't play, I do too, but like he's found new life grant, like, uh, Las Vegas sun has kind of brought him back to life. Like, um, you've been to Vegas, you know, how Las Vegas sun brings you back to life. Um, (laughs) I mean, it actually probably brings me more towards death whenever I'm there, but (laughs) that's because I'm out by the pool and about 50 jello shots in. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so like, I, I think rugs is like your home run play. I think Waller is like your safer play. I think Jacobs is a guy that has a ton of upside too. Uh, like there's a lot of options that you can look at here, but I love the Cleveland side. I, I think like, I, I, I wish Odell Beckham a fast recovery, but like with him being out of the offense and Hooper banged up and it doesn't sound like Cooper is going to be back. He could play like it it condenses the targets here. Um, Like we know Chubb's not going to be back. And I, okay. So Hooper will not play. Um, It doesn't sound like he'll play anyway. um, So like we have a very condensed, I think Kareem Hunt's one of the best running back point per dollar plays on the entire slate. Um, Like this is a great spot for Hunt, Landry, Bryant, Najoku, even Baker Mayfield's in play. Kareem Hunt is probably my favorite raw points play on the slate for running back i I, if michael thomas comes back then i think i have him over both um derrick henry and kamara cleveland yeah cleveland is or not cleveland raiders are not a good defense they're not a good rush defense 
Without OBJ, I think they actually will end up passing the ball more to Kareem Hunt. We know that they can work him out of the slot. We know he's a great pass catcher. Like Hunt is my favorite play on the entire slate at running back. I just have to see where his ownership ends up going. Um, that'll kind of determine things. But regardless, I'll probably still end up with around 40% on him, maybe more if he's at low ownership. For the pass catchers, I mean, Landry Higgins is 4.2K. Higgins yep. obviously had 100 yards last week, and Landry is going to probably get a decent amount of volume, although I think they're still going to spread things around. So at 5.6K, he's not my favorite play. Higgins at 4.2, far too cheap. And then what's his name? The new tight end just comes in here. Dean says something about him, and the worst thing in the world, Dean was actually right. Brian is is probably still going to get a decent workload. It could be Njoku, but 3.2K, OBJ going to have a little bit more. Uh, OBJ being out, they're going to have a little bit more targets to go around. Raiders is giving up the fifth most points to tight end so far this season. Bryant, Higgins, Landry, Hunt, this is a perfect stacking. And with OBJ gone, honestly, their offense could end up being better. I don't doubt that either. Like, I think that Odell Beckham is a very talented player. Like, I'm not trying to say that. I just think that this is a spot that for DFS purposes, the targets and everything become more condensed and it's easier to kind of predict where everything's going. Like Hunt played 92% of the snaps last week. Like he is going to play this entire game. And this is a defense that allows the second most fantasy points to running backs. They're 29th in DVOA. Like this is a great spot to play Kareem Hunt. Uh, Steelers and Ravens, 46 and a half total here. Baltimore favored by four. Uh, what do you like here for Pittsburgh? Uh, for Pittsburgh, I'm, I, I pretty much stack them up almost every single week. Like someone ends up going off. Roethlisberger can always put up a massive game. This one's a little bit tougher though. Like he, they're going up against Baltimore. Baltimore has a good defense. This uh, divisional game always seems to be low scoring, always seems to be close, which is a good thing, but Either Claypool or Johnson, I think, is going to go off for a big game. Everyone's going to be on Johnson after last week. His 15 targets. We saw him go for 10-plus targets earlier on in the year. Uh, so I think this is probably a better Claypool spot. He wasn't targeted much last week. I think that might change this week. The guy is clearly talented. Always a chance that Johnson ends up getting injured. But I'll, every single week I stack this up like four different ways with between Juju, Johnson, um, Claypool and Ebron. And I think this is a fine week to do it. Baltimore not going to give up a ton of points to the running back. So I don't really plan on using Connor here. They're third in rush DVOA. I really don't see a huge amount of upside unless he falls into the end zone twice. So it's a passing game I'm targeting over on the Pittsburgh side. And if I had to rank him, it's probably Claypool, Johnson, Ebron, and then Juju. I think it's a really tough matchup for Juju. Like slot guys have not done well against this team this season. We know um, like Marlon Humphrey is one of the highest graded cornerbacks and he is strictly in the slot. It seems like um, so tough matchup. So one of the outside guys. So um, I'll mix and match Claypool and Johnson Johnson here. And I honestly, I don't hate Ebron. I think Ebron's fine. Uh, I don't think he's the worst play in the slate. So I, I don't think he's the best play either. It just, I think he's, He's interesting if they kind of take Juju away and they have to kind of dump it off a little bit more. Um, and I will play some Pittsburgh Steelers defense here just because of how they can get to the quarterback. So I probably will have a couple like James Conner, Pittsburgh stacks. Um, Baltimore Ravens. I think this is a really tough spot for Lamar Jackson. Like 
this is a really tough defense. Like these are two of the top three defenses in the league. And, and like, I, I think you can argue that Pittsburgh's defense is the best defense. Like I, I think all three are really close, but I think you can really argue that Pittsburgh's defense is probably why they're going to win the AFC this year. Zero injury. Yeah, I entirely agree. I have a decent amount of money on Pittsburgh to win the Super Bowl. So hopefully that happens, even though I kind of hate them sometimes. But yeah, I have no interest in using Lamar Jackson here. I have no interest targeting the running backs, even without Mark Ingram in. I know they're going to give more of a workload to Dobbins, but this Pittsburgh rush D is just incredible. So no interest in the running game, the receiving game. Don't think they're going to get much done. I don't see a huge amount of rushing upside. Lamar Jackson last year against Pittsburgh, I think they only had 14 points and he didn't even play the second game. This is not an easy spot for him. He hasn't been great. Dude always has massive upside. Always can go for 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns, but this is not the spot here. I'm full on fading everyone over on Baltimore side. Even if I have to bring it back with someone, it's probably just going to be Mark Andrews hoping for a two touchdown game here because it is probably going to stay close, but I. I will likely have very, very, very little exposure to the Ravens. Yeah, if you're playing anybody here, it's Andrews or like Hollywood Brown. Just take the the play, the playmakers. It's always like, Andrews or Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like that's that's the guys you're taking shots on here. But this is not a sexy game. Um, this is a hard divisional. Both these teams like to run the clock. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't see myself using a lot of pieces from this game in general. So. Uh, Vikings and Packers, 52.5. Green Bay favored by 6.5. Uh, what do you like here for the Vikings? Uh, so we need to obviously wait and see if Cook's going to end up coming back. I think Sounds they, good. Yeah, he's very promising. on track yeah. to play, but still, you never know. It's early on in the week. But, I mean, we know what runs through this offense. It's going to be a fairly high-scoring game, high total here. So I could see Jefferson, Thielen, or Cook getting it done. But I think my favorite option is Cook. Obviously, Green Bay defense hasn't been great versus the pass or the rush so far this season. Cook is going to be heavily involved in the rushing, the receiving game. It's a get-right spot after two weeks ago. They just got destroyed by the Falcons for the majority of the game here. So I think they go back to the ground-and-pound game. They end up rushing the ball with Cook a lot, hoping that it doesn't get out of hand. Um, but I think this is a spot where, like, if you're – you kind of – play the game script if you're going to use jefferson thielen then you probably want to play out a script where adams goes nuts or williams goes nuts later in the game if aaron jones doesn't end up playing but we know what minnesota is we know they're cook it's going to run through cook it's going to run through jefferson it's going to run through Thieland. those three guys like yeah. you know like it it, it, it don't overcomplicate this like play some thielen play some jefferson Dalvin Cook could easily be the highest scoring running back on the slate. Green Bay stinks against the run. Like they're allowing the most fantasy points against the run. So if Cook is fine and we get news that he's 100%, they had a bye week. He was, he personally said that like he probably could have played um, week six. So like I think he plays and I I think he could crush here. Like um, he could have, he could have a big game in this one. So I like him. I like Jefferson. I like Thielen. Um, you're probably looking at this game as uh, as a stack, and like you said, you you tell a story with your lineup in this one because there's so many ways this game can play out um, that like multiple players get there. So um, let's go to the Green Bay side of things. Like Devonte Adams coming off of a monster game, forty seven point one percent target share 
last week um, after having 32% in week six, like at this point, can you play anybody else? Like, can you play MVS? Can you play Shepard? Like Toynian? Like you can't like it's Adams, right? Like where else would you play any of these guys? I mean, there's always a chance that one of them goes off for a decent game. MVS is 3.8 K. But after saying all that, yeah, no, play Adams. Adams, 8.88, I don't care. The dude's probably going to get – he will get 10-plus targets. How many over 10, who knows. But he's going to get the ball a lot. Minnesota's defense this year, mediocre versus the pass, bad against the run, just bad overall. Uh, I really, really like Adams. I really like Jamal Williams. If Jones ends up missing, he – Clearly, they just wanted to give the ball to him every single time, or they, they didn't really want to play Dylan too much. And he snap share. He's 6.1K now, which is a drastic increase over 4K. That's still probably not high enough. Like, this is a backfield that was doing a lot with the running back. Aaron Jones is having a fantastic year prior to getting injured. And now Williams is just jumping into that Aaron Jones role plus taking on his Jamal Williams role. So he's just doing everything. 6.1K is not high enough for him. Rodgers always in play, but Adams and Williams are fantastic plays this week. Yeah, like obviously we'll have to wait on Jones, but also Lazard might be back. So like that's another thing that can kind of throw a wrinkle into like MVS. I like if Lazard plays and he's healthy and they like say he's good to go, like he's super interesting at his price. So um forty four hundred for a guy that had eight targets in week four or eight targets in week three um, and had four targets and a touchdown, four catches against Minnesota in week one. So um, so, like this is a game you definitely want to get exposure to, though. This could be one of the highest scoring games in the slate. Uh, Chargers and Broncos, 44 and a half total here. Chargers favored by three and a half. Um, What do you like here for the Chargers? Uh, Who do I always like? Uh, Keenan Allen. And who always crushes? Keenan Allen? How, yeah, how can you not crush when week. you have a 30% freaking target share every week? Yeah, we know like Herbert loves to throw to Allen. Like, the only time they didn't love throwing to Allen when was Allen was on the sideline. And then he just decided to throw to Mike Williams. With, my, with Keenan Allen back in the game, he should absolutely crush his 6.2K price tag over on DK. How is he still so cheap? Like, looking at this year... <laughs> With Herbert in there, 10 targets versus Casey, 19 versus Carolina, 12 versus Tampa Bay. I think he had the only two targets from Herbert before he got injured against New Orleans and he ended up with a touchdown. 13 targets versus Jacksonville. Going up against Denver, he is still going to get a ton of targets. It's not the easiest matchup in the world, but it's not the worst matchup in the world. He is absolutely going to crush here. I love Keenan Allen. He's probably my favorite wide receiver outside of Adams on the slate. But when you consider price, he's probably my favorite point per dollar wide receiver on the entire slate outside of him. Like you can use Jackson. You can use Kelly. If you really want to, I'm not too high on either of them. Denver has a pretty good rush defense. They're splitting carries. I'm fine with playing Herbert. Like it's not an easy matchup. It's over in Denver but it's a divisional matchup. I could easily see him going for a big game. So it's Herbert and it's Keenan Allen for me. If you want to throw in one more guy, Hunter Henry, that's fine. Or Guyton, who can end up with a 60-yard catch at some point. He's at 3.6K. There is upside, but there's also a chance that he ends up with no, almost no points. Herbert has... At- so Keenan Allen, I love Herbert. I really like Guyton or... 
No, I was just going to say, like, Herbert has um, at least three passing touchdowns in three straight games now. And, like, New Orleans and Tampa Bay, that those aren't easy matchups. So, and, and what's awesome here, Grant, is, like, we can go Herbert, Allen, Noah Font, like, you know, Fant. Like, th- there's a real potential, like, you know, stack in this one. So, um, I, I think it's awesome that they raised Herbert's price and they didn't raise Keenan Allen's price. Like, <laughs> what's up with that? I just I, it doesn't I, make I, any I do sense, dude. It. it doesn't make any any sense. Um, I kind of already talked about who I like on the Denver side. Like, I, I think Noah Fant being back is huge for Drew Locke. Um, Jerry Judy is interesting, but like, I, I don't think you can play. Patrick Hamler and these guys with everybody kind of being healthy, assuming that everybody's going to play here. Um, but let's, let's talk Melvin Gordon too. Like Philip Lindsay's banged up in concussion protocol. Uh, this could be another Melvin Gordon, you know, 70% of the snaps game. Yeah. And who did he used to play for? They didn't want to pay him more money. Oh, I didn't even think about that. There you go. Yeah. Nice narrative. Yeah. So I think Melvin Gordon fan and Judy are the three guys I want to go with it's Melvin Gordon revenge game. This is the Chargers. And one thing I know about the Chargers is chances are they're probably they're going to blow a win or keep it very close or win or lose on a field goal. So I think this game ends up staying close. I actually like the Dem- the Broncos a lot, plus three and a half. Everyone's really high on Herbert. No one's really that high on Denver. Both Fant coming back in here, Drew Locke being back in the game. Like I think I don't mind doing a nice little stack of Locke, Fant, and Judy. I think Locke still has upside to have a decent game. He really hasn't done too much this season, obviously because of injuries and other reasons. But if he ends up throwing the ball a lot, then he can end up with three touchdowns and 300 yards here, which at 5.3K is too cheap. And we know who is probably going to throw the ball to a lot. It's going to be Judy and it's going to be Fant. So I like that little stack there. It's super cheap. It's a decent way to go. But uh, Melvin Gordon if you want to run the narrative, which it's not a bad thing to do, Chargers rush defense really is not that great. But this, I think, is going to be a higher scoring game than people realize. My favorite bring back if you're stacking up the Chargers is Fant. And I don't mind playing any of these guys, though. This is a, going to be a lot lower owned than it should be because it's only got a 44 and a half team total. Uh, Weather is not supposed to be terrible on Sunday over here in Denver. I know this because. I had Halloween plans and now they're entirely done for because apparently we have way too many, way too many COVID cases. Sad, but yeah, I, I think this game's going to be a lot higher scoring. Take Denver plus or minus three, plus three and a half and take the over of 44 and a half. I like the over in this game too. I think it's super interesting. And there's just so many fun ways you can stack this game that like has such potential um, to do well. So um moving on here we got the saints and the bears 43 and a half total new orleans favored by four and a half in this game um obviously when we're looking at the saints it's it's the same question we've been like asking ourselves all year like is it going to be thomas like is he going to be back like he was he was back and then like got (laughs) a hamstring strain like in the late of the later of the week like Thomas affects Camara so much, in my opinion. Um, you know, so we'll have to see. But we know that Emmanuel Sanders is not going to be able to play. Like, I think it's like um, two weeks or something like that before they can play. So, like, he's out. Um, Marcus Callow is questionable. Like, I don't know, man. I, I think 
it's super hard to like talk about the Saints because we just have to see if Michael Thomas is going to play or not. Yeah, I mean, if Michael Thomas doesn't end up playing, play Kamara. Like it's that simple. We know his target share, but then no one else in the game play him. Probably play Cooks. If Michael Thomas does end up playing, play Michael Thomas. Maybe play Kamara. Maybe, but I'm not really. Ha- if Michael Thomas ends up playing, I'm probably just staying away from the Saints. But if he's out, it's Kamara. Yeah, like. Traquan Smith, I'll go back to the well on him. Um, like he still ran the most routes on the team, had the highest target or um, snap share. So like I think Traquan is someone you could look at again. I think Jared Cook, if if Thomas is out, but if Thomas plays, he's in play. Um, Kamara, he he's in play either way. I think, but I think his upside is a lot higher if Thomas doesn't play. On the Bears, um, Allen Robinson's in concussion protocol. Like that could make the Bears a little bit more interesting. But either way, I think it's a great spot for Jimmy Graham. Um, and it has nothing to do with like revenge narratives or anything like that. It has everything to do with like Nick Foles likes Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Nick Foles likes Jimmy Graham in the red zone. The Saints have given up the largest percentage by a wide margin. Largest percent of target share to opposing tight ends. This is a perfect spot for Jimmy Graham, especially if Allen Robinson ends up missing. Like they passed the ball to Komet twice and then didn't even bother using him. So the most of the tight end targets are going to go to Jimmy Graham. He's been getting around six for weeks. Nick Foles loves throwing to him. So I'm right there with you over on Jimmy Graham. Allen Robinson makes it interesting. If Robinson ends up playing, I'm fine with using him. If not, Mooney's too cheap at 3.5K. Like, if you watch the game, Nick Foles entirely missed him on one throw where he's getting hit. He, he dropped, couldn't quite connect with him. This is a spot where I think if Robinson ends up missing, Mooney's should crush. If Robinson doesn't end up missing, Mooney's not going to be heavily owned, and he's 3.5K. That's far too low. I'm not using Nick Foles. Probably won't have a ton of exposure to uh, Montgomery. I don't hate him as a play at 5.9K, but it's not the best. He could end up getting a few dump-offs. But this is just going to be an ugly game all around. It's Jimmy Graham in this game regardless, and Montgomery or Allen Robinson are fine plays, but nothing special. Yeah, Montgomery's going to get the touches. Like, he's one of the few workhorse running backs that we have in the NFL right now. So, if you end up in his price range and you want to take a guy that's going to be less than 5% owned that is a three-down running back, take a shot on him. But outside of that, like, it's it's hard to recommend playing him. Um, he just hasn't been able to do anything with the touches. So, um, we move on to uh, the final game on the main slate. We got the 49ers and the Seahawks, 53 and a half total. Seattle's favored by three. Uh, let's start here with the 49ers. There's potential of Telvin Coleman being activated this week. I think we should start there. Debo Samuel's out. He's hurt. Um, what do you like here for the 49ers? Um, I, I really like their receiving game. Uh, so Seahawks on the season, they have been by far the like giving up the most points to opposing wide receivers and quarterbacks. It's always a high scoring game here. Seattle doesn't fully have a pass rush. They did just trade for uh, Dunlap, which should come in. I don't even know if he's going to play this week. I can't remember the COVID protocols. It literally just broke a few hours ago, Um, but Seattle giving up tons of points to wide receivers so far this season. So I'm, planning on using a lot of the receiving game. Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel's probably missing, is too cheap at 3.5K. Ayuk's probably a little expensive at 5.8K, but in this type of game environment, has some upside, so I plan on using him or Kittle in almost every single lineup. 
I, I, I just love this spot for the San Francisco passing game. Yes, they are a team that likes to run the ball a lot. But, again, Hasty McKinnon, if Coleman comes back, it's just a whole mess. You have to wait and see later on in the week. I don't know who to use. If Coleman's out, then you can go with Hasty or McKinnon. I don't mind either of them. They're still probably going to run the ball a decent amount. But Garoppolo, I actually really like this week. And I want to pair him with any, like, with uh, Ayuks, with Kittle, with Bourne, any one of them are fine. They're all great options. I think Garoppolo crushes and is one of the highest point per dollar quarterback plays on this entire slate at just 5.4K. Yeah, I think um, Brandon Ayuk, uh, like, he has the potential to go nutty in this game, right? Like, um, I think this is an amazing spot for him, like, I highlighted him in like the expert survey this week. Like that's how much I, I, I like the spot for him. So listen, Seattle can't run the ball like right now. Carson's banged up. Carlos Hyde's banged up. Like this is going to be a game where San Francisco's have going to have plenty of chances to score a lot of fantasy points. Um, Cause Seattle's going to put up points. Russell Wilson's going to put up points. So um, Ayuk is just like, this seems like a great spot for him to just, have like his rookie breakout game. Um, Kendrick Bourne's like too cheap. Like he's two, 3.5K is, is crazy with no Debo. Um, George Kittle like could have 15 million catches in this game. So definitely make sure you're playing, um, you know, George Kittle here. I know you got to pay up for him, but this is a spot like go back to week four. This dude put up 43 fantasy points. Like that is a real possibility to happen. <laughs> like, um, so definitely has some to him. And then on like the Seattle side of things, it's, it's, it's Russ, it's Metcalf, it's Lockett. Like don't overthink the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, no. And you can use one, you can use the other, you can bo- use both of them. It's really just the Seahawks every single week, probably been the best stack on the board. It's just without fail. So yeah, we know where it's going. It's Metcalf and it's Lockett. A guy that I think that you can go with, if you want to throw something else into this stack and you need to save some money, Disley got four targets last week. Grant was against the uh, Cardinals. We could possibly see him getting more and more work in this offense. Obviously, Greg Olson being there is a little bit different than last year. But Disley coming back from it was was it Achilles or ACL? I can't remember. I think it was Achilles, but you could be right. Yeah, yeah, it was Achilles, and he's played pretty much all season long. He hasn't been getting a ton of targets, but at some point. Russell Wilson always just messes with everyone and Luke Wilson or Will Disley or Hollister or Greg Olson will have a massive game. I think there's a spot where if you don't want to pay up a tight end and you want a guy that's super low owned that fits perfectly with a game stack and allows you to pay up for Russ and Lockett and some other high priced running backs or Devonta Adams, because you want all of them in your off into your lineup. Will Disley at 2.8 K has touchdown equity could see an increase in volume as he did last week. He's a guy that I think is a really, really good tournament play, but the rest of the Seahawks we know, and I'm probably not going with Carlos Hyde. I don't care if it's a revenge game. Carlos Hyde is just exactly what he was with the uh, Texans. Not exciting. Could get there, but probably not going to, and they could throw Homer into the mix now that they've had a full week of practice with them in there. So it's yeah, it's Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson, and Disley as a tournament play. Well, like Hyde and Hyde and Homer are both banged up too. Like this could easily be like a DJ Dallas um, game. Like we have no idea what to expect here. 
as far as like the Seattle Seahawks, like Hyde's dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, Homer had a knee. I think it was something with his knee. Um, like we have no idea what to expect from the Seattle. Like Russell Wilson could potentially be the leading rusher on this team on Sunday. So um, the pass catchers just become so, so interesting in this game. Like we'll have to see what happens here as far as like the Seattle running backs go um, as the week progresses. Hopefully we get some more news, but it is Pete Carroll. So who knows? Um, this is an interesting game, Grant. Like this game has a total. It has a high total and it is going to be a game. I think a lot of people are going to be on um, as far as like fantasy wise. So uh, let's play the morning grind game and then um, we'll get out of here, man. Let's uh, look at uh quarterback to score or a quarterback to throw for um over 300 yards that's not one of the top guys jimmy g jimmy g uh give me burrow give me a low on running back for a touchdown i'm trying to figure out who's low on my computer it's always tough when we don't have projected ownership yet but take a take a stab at it well, it's not, not going to be anyone from that Cleveland game. Um, I guess Melvin Gordon. I like that. I, I, he could potentially get more ownership if Lindsay's out, but he could still potentially be lower owned. Um, so um, let's see here. I think, I think it's a week that Gaskin gets a touchdown. Might be passing, but I think he gets Gaskin gets a touchdown this week. So I'll go with him. Um, give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. Keenan Allen, Herbert. I would have been disappointed if you didn't take them. Of course, I'm going to take them. And I wonder how heavily owned they're going to be because 24 implied total on this slate is not a ton and it's in Denver. I'm going to I'm going to stick with my quarterback from a minute ago. I'm going to go Burrow T Higgins um for a touchdown. Give me a wide receiver for 8 plus targets on this slate. Oh man, I shouldn't have used Allen. I'm trying to go up. I feel like the right move is always pretty much Allen, Adams or Crowder. I don't know if Crowder or um I don't know if Crowder is going to play. I guess I don't know. I'll stick with San Fran and go Iukes. You took my dude. I did not expect you to take him before we started this podcast. Like, I did not see that one coming. Um, all right, that threw me for a curveball. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my game. Like, all right, here we go. I'll just go with my my full on game stack here. Give me Corey Davis. Um, to pair with my Cincinnati guys. Uh, give me a tight end that's gonna score a touchdown this week. Going ballsy, Will Disley. I like it. I'm not going to go too crazy here. I, I think Jimmy Graham scores a touchdown. Um, we talked about him a few minutes ago. And then finish it off with a defense that's going to score 10-plus points this week. Uh, that's a t- I'm trying to go. Don't pick Kansas City. Like, that's the – it's the Jets. Yeah, like, I'll go with the, the Packers. They oh, great. I like that. Like, they have a really good line-adjusted rate here. They could get some stacks in this game. I like that call. Yeah, and Tommy um, I mean, Cousins was terrible against Atlanta, so there's always a chance that he does that again. He can always throw a pick. You know what? Give me, give me the Steelers. Like they're they're a little off the board, right? The Steelers. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Eh. Against Baltimore, I would expect against Lamar so. like Jackson. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, this is this is an, this is going to be a fun week. But uh, lock in Keenan Allen, stack up the San Francisco game, and stack up the Broncos game. All right, there you go. Um, that's going to wrap it up here for Week Eight. We'll be back tomorrow talking some specialists. Um, we're going to talk college football for the Thursday and Friday slate uh, with Sean Newsom on the podcast for tomorrow. So um, make sure you're checking out that. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here. Hope everyone has an awesome week eight, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. See you, kids.